Welcome to Chaosium Podcasts. This is Prologue Part 1 of The Dead Within. The Dead Within is a Call of Cthulhu live play series written by Tim Wiseman and run by Call of Cthulhu creative director Mike Mason. You can find out more about Call of Cthulhu and The Dead Within on Chaosium.com, where you can also read about the game's cast. You can catch up with the video versions of these games on the Chaosium YouTube channel or watch more live plays like them on the Chaosium Twitch channel. It's worth noting that The Dead Within was originally called The Dead of Winter and is referred to as such during the first few episodes. This was a temporary title. Please enjoy the game. Hello, uh, this is Mike Mason uh, of Chaosium. And uh, this is one of the uh, first uh, in well prologue sessions of the campaign that I'll be running online, uh, which is called The Dead of Winter, written by Tim Wiseman. And this is a playtest of the campaign with uh, a group of uh, people playing various characters. And uh, for this prologue, we're starting off uh, with a good friend of mine, Jason. Jason, hello. Uh, Jason, How's it going? would you like... Which is going well, thanks. Um, would you like to uh, introduce yourself a little and and then your character, please? Of course, yeah. So my name is Jason. I am somebody who is one half of a charity RPG convention called Com Plus. Um, but in my spare time, I do things like play Cthulhu, run Cthulhu, various other uh, scenarios, mostly online and sometimes in person. Um, but yeah, so my character for uh, this new scenario for Call of Cthulhu, his name is Maxime Lawrence Elliott. He is a dilettante, age 28, um, and uh, essentially he is very rich, very polite. Um, he specialised in a few things at Cambridge University, such as history and language, but also uh, rather niche sports like uh, boxing, sword stick, fencing, etc. He has um, an interesting history in that uh, his mother is uh, Russian and her family all go back um, sort of Russian ancestry and so on. Um, but he, he still considers himself very English. Uh, he seems to be a very capable person, but he does have his secrets. And some of them are really quite personal, um, something that plagues on his mind a lot, which I'm sure will be revealed later on in the campaign. Very good. Very good. OK, well, we're going to cut straight to it and um dig into the uh, the very first scene so uh if you're uh, if you're ready to go here we go so um last night uh in your home uh you uh, you had a dream and you hadn't uh you haven't dreamt of this person for a little while but it was quite a um quite a strong vivid dream that you recalled the following morning and you seem to remember um, that it was uh, about Edward Rosenberg. Um, do you remember Edward Rosenberg from your past? I certainly do. Yes. What would I... uh, what 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 connection did you have to Edward? So he was um, essentially a friend, um, a colleague, if you will, at university. He he studied along with me. Um, but straight after we all finished our exams, uh, we had a bit of a knees up, we all went our separate ways, he took his life. Um, I'm not sure how much you want me to reveal at this point, whether that's a good place for well, now. Whatever you feel like you want to say, that's fine. That's okay, fine. yeah, I'm, I'm happy to leave a, it there for now. A fairly, fairly close friend, you would say, at Cambridge? Yeah, um, we, we were not 
absolutely close. Um, we were not best friends or anything, but we definitely shared a few classes together. Um, we'd be involved in a few projects, you know, every so often. So definitely in sort of semi-close circles. Okay, very good. Um, well, as I say, the, you know, Edward um, popped up in your dreams last night. Um, it, it's a little vague on the circumstance. It was mainly uh, maybe kind of a almost uh, reliving, a, you know, scenes from university life, you know, uh, chatting around the quad and, and so forth. Um, uh, but the details kind of escape you by the morning. Um, but it does kind of play in your mind throughout the day. And uh, every now and again, you find yourself sort of drifting back, just catching glimpses and moments from from the dream, which spur, you know, further memories, perhaps, of university and and uh, and times with Edward. Uh, you uh, finish up whatever you're doing that day. Um, it is um, it's kind of early October. Uh, in fact, it's well, it's the first of October. It's a Tuesday. And um, the nights are drawing in fairly early these days. Um, so you uh, pack up whatever you've been doing um, and um, head home. And as you head home, uh, it starts to rain and uh, it's pretty dark and gloomy. The streets clear fairly quickly. There's still, you know, there's still people milling around. But uh, you think, actually, to get out of this rain, you're going to take a shortcut. And, uh, you know, sometimes you take it, sometimes you don't. Uh, but tonight you're going to take the shortcut down. Just it's basically a, an, an alley between two buildings that connects to your street a little rather quicker than going all the way around the block. And uh, uh, and you start walking down the alley. It's empty. Um, rain is coming down, creating kind of puddles on the on the ground. And um, um, you see, um, as you sort of turn into the alley, you see a figure kind of um, stooped, kind of cleaning cleaning the bottom of their trousers it, as you just in the kind of the light that there is you see that their the bottom of their trousers look dirty maybe muddy their shoes look muddy and they're, they're kind of cleaning the bottom of their soles in in, a, in one of the puddles that's collected from the rainwater as um as you sort of you know come over close you feel like you get you you know it's not a very wide alley so you're going to have to pass them um but there's something about the figure as you approach it. Um, there's something familiar, and something's, and the, and you get this sort of sense that something isn't quite right. There's just a you know your nerves just sort of just go on edge a little bit, and you know you sort of think mm, maybe I should turn around or maybe I just need to brisk walk briskly walk past this person. It's just a sense that isn't isn't quite right. What what are you? What's your kind of gut feel that you want to do? I think definitely to begin with, he would have felt more, should I go back and take the alternative route? But I think even more than just stiff up a lift and going past, he 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 is determined to know for sure, is it who I think it could be or is it just, you know, a facade, you know, because of the darkness. So he sure. actually he actually calls out to this person. You there, what, what on earth are you doing? Shouldn't you be inside? The The figure looks up looks up and in the light you see their face you see that it's Edward Rosenberg and they kind of catch your eye and there's this sort of smile on their face and 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 he, he turns and just sort of says do you do you have a towel uh, Ed no 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 it can't can be I have a, 
Can I have a sanity roll, please? Absolutely. Well, it even is my sanity. I suppose I'm quite low. Uh, oh, yes, it is. So good. <laughs> I did pass, though. Okay, so that's just one point sanity loss. Okay. And maybe, uh, how, how would you describe your kind of, you know, one point sanity loss reaction? Um, I think definitely kind of raising heart, that kind of feeling of that horrible sort of tingling tension of, of your heart if like you you sort of jumped out of your skin yeah um, he's kind of saying no as as in no in disbelief but also trying to just engage with the dialogue because part of him is still thinking no it's not him obviously it's not him ed is dead of course it's not him it's that kind of like two, two voices minds. in your head yeah kind of you know battling it out at the moment i'm not quite sure which way to go um as you stand there kind of you know perplexed really and just that you know, that shock kind of overwhelming you momentarily um edward um you know comes forward um you know not quickly just as he would have done he just, just casually sort of steps up and walks over to you and as he says he, he says didn't we say we would meet here today what who, who are you it's Edward. Maxim, it's Edward, yes? I've not changed that much, have I? Um, I'm, I'm getting really, really flustered now. No, no, it's... it's why, why... No, dream. Must be a dream. You're, you're... You're imagining my imagination. It's... He, he kind of looks and... He, he, puts his hand on his face and says, no, no, I've, I thought we would, I thought we said we'd meet. Um, did I, I must have got it wrong. And he, he kind of looks up and um, your eyes kind of involuntarily kind of follow his gaze and he just looks up to the sky. And as you kind of look back to him, he's gone. Mm. Just the, just the dark, just, uh, and I, I sort of clutch myself from the cold and the wet and just march through the rest of the alley. <laughs> just make make a direct get course out home. You, you you get home, you you know, shake off the rain, and and clearly, you know, you're 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 somewhat shaken. Um, but um I don't know, what what do you do, do you is this the is this like a waking dream, perhaps, or is it? Do you think this was Edward, or is this his ghost following you? I what's what's your impression? I would probably imagine he he would think maybe it's it's just because of the dream, and he feels a bit kind of disturbed by it, and and you know just memories, maybe fleeting memories, or a coincidence. Again, it's sort of a bit chaotic in his mind, very unsettled. Um, so he, he sort of goes in, tries off quite viciously, um, paces up and down a bit, gets himself a, a rather nice glass of wine. In fact, he, he gets out, um, a 10 year. <laughs> yeah. Um, just to make it a little bit better. Do you, um, do you, do you have a, like a glass or do you, you know, drink the bottle? Um, he, he, he has a glass, but. Even so, like he he drinks it quite quickly, starts topping it up, um, gets a gets a fire lit. 
Not Very him. good. Okay. Not him. Well, not him. You know, you spend the you know spend the rest of the evening, you know, trying to distract yourself, but inevitably, the, you know, these this kind of strange encounter, you know, continues to play in your mind. Um, thankfully, um, over the next couple of days, it 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 does wane, and and you hear see no sight nor sound or dream even of of uh, Edward again. Um, and uh, life starts to, uh, you know, starts to fall back into to normalcy, more or less, over the next couple of days. What, what, um, what, you know, what's are you working at the moment? What, what are you doing daytimes these days? Uh, working is a very strong word. <laughs> um, now he, I would imagine he alternates his days from either writing to his mother, going for country walks, um, maybe taking visits further afield to sample wines, food, things like that. Um, so I'd imagine before he sort of had that encounter, uh, he was probably out walking, come back into the village or town or whatever, and then go back home. So um, it's up to you, like depending on what you've planned or is it? If I if I remember correctly, um... Maxime is is moneyed. He's he's got. Uh, he doesn't need to work. Is that right? Absolutely. He is. So he's it is very kind much of whatever interests at the time. I guess. Yeah. He 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 is very much of the attitude of he he does not need um, to work. There is there is no reason for him to when he can easily just spend all his money doing things he likes. Sure. So over the you know next couple of days, he wants to detract himself, uh, perhaps, and uh, you know just you know feel his feet on. On firm ground, perhaps. Um, what, what, you know, what, what activity do you think he, you know, dri- drives himself into for a, for a day or two? Is it, you know, is it uh, some sort of sporting thing, horse racing, or uh, you know, books or social? I think, especially because of of what happened the night before, he would spend the day after doing a bit of boxing to kind of get get the anger out a little bit and then spend the day reading um history in particular so something very very real very much you know grounded quantifiable uh, things yes and, uh, but, but something that he he still likes yeah okay that sounds that sounds perfectly reasonable yeah uh, as i say the next couple of days you know you do that you start to feel a little less shaky and um it comes to uh uh, the 4th of October, which is the uh, Friday of that week. And um, again, you, you know, you spent the day probably, probably headed, uh, headed uh, and done some, uh, done some training, some sport training with the boxing and so forth. And uh, maybe you've uh, continued uh, a bit of reading in the afternoon. Um, and you're feeling a little tired. It's been, you know, you've, you've kind of gone full exertion for, 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 for two or three days. Uh, and thinking about maybe uh, finishing off that bottle of wine if you haven't already tonight. And um, in fact, you probably do. You probably think, you know, you, you have a meal, uh, uh, whether out or at home, and uh, eventually you come home, it's getting late. Uh, you see the wine, there's probably just about a glass left now, and uh, you pour yourself uh, pour yourself a, a, a final glass. And as you as you are pouring the wine, is it a red or a white? Oh, very much a red. I thought it might be mm. uh, a red wine. As it's sort of uh, splurping into the glass, uh, you hear a cough 
Darling? Joan? And then you, you hear right? you hear um, water, water running in the, the kitchen. There's no there's no one answering you. Joan, what are you doing? You hear thirsty. You hear you hear, you hear you hear Joan sort of call out to you from somewhere else in the house, not the kitchen, saying, oh, "I'm over here doing such and such." You definitely hear. And you're in the cough again. It seems to come from the kitchen. I actually, if it's to hand, although I'm sure there is actually something in in the sitting room. I say on the mantelpiece, but uh, he grabs something like uh, if there's a ceremony sword up top, or if there's his sword stick nearby, he he kind of grabs. Oh, I think I think uh, I think it's you know some sort of ceremonial sword above the mantelpiece sounds ideal. Okay. If, uh, you yeah. know, so uh, you can you can easily you know take that down. Yeah, he he lifts it off carefully, um, just sort of a, a ready position, and and carefully goes into the kitchen. Okay, well you sort of <laughs> got this impression of you kind of padding gingerly into the kitchen with this sword, kind of raised, not quite sure what you're going to find. Uh, uh, hopefully, uh, nothing too untoward. Um, uh, as you sort of turn into the kitchen, you see um, Edward. Uh, who's at the sink washing up, who looks and sees you with the sword, surprise on his face, go, oh, my, my word, uh, what, are you, what are you doing with that? <laughs> Just a question. Um, obviously, I know it's sort of around 1929, but um, what's the, the lighting like in this room? Uh, you've probably got electricity. That's what I thought. Um, if there's a light switch near him he's gonna really quickly flick it on okay okay yeah you flick it on and the light comes on and you see clearly it is edward uh hands wet soapy um you know hands out of the sink now but uh, but stood you know over the over the sink um like still kind of gasping in surprise uh, at the sword in yourself um could I have a sanity roll, please? Yep. Oh, that's a fail by quite a long way. Okay, could you roll me a d6, please? Mm -hmm. Not that I would particularly like to. I got a one. Oh, okay. Okay, so, okay, that's right. Okay, um, right, well, uh, what's, your, what's your kind of gut reaction to this figure standing in your sink? You've got a sword in your hand is what I'm thinking. What what are you? Uh, are you? Do you feel threatened at this point, or or not? No, in fact, the the fact that Ed is washing up kind of throws him a little bit. Okay, so I think um, your involuntary action, as you you know, you lost a couple of sanity points. You you you, you know you you're just kind of shocked again, and, and and I think the sword kind of drops, and as it drops, you you've kind of unconsciously drop it to the floor with a clang. Um, and that probably wakes you, you know, the clang kind of re-wakes re you and you kind of focus again on on Edward. And um, as as you do that, he, he, he just sort of opens his mouth and starts talking, saying that the water, this water, it makes me think of something. Um, it's as though I'm somewhere familiar. Um, it, it makes me feel as though... I shouldn't be here. 
Um, it's like I've come from somewhere else. Um, what do you think that means? So um, Maxim's going to point like a very shaky finger towards him and says, you are not, you are not Edward. And no, you should not be here in my house. You are plaguing he, me, sir. He, he sort of backs backs away a little. I, I, I think you know you can see this kind of the 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 kind of gears in his head and in his eyes, um, kind of like a little shocked at you, and kind of like and taken aback. It kind of like didn't didn't expect quite that reaction from you. Um, I, I, he says. Uh, I, I, I can't be making sense, can I? Of course you're not making any bloody sense. Oh, well, I... I, 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 I thought you were a good friend of mine, as he seems to genuinely, you know, start to be getting as upset as you. Um, and um, he, uh, he, he... He starts to kind of back away, paces... paces towards the the rear of the kitchen um what what are you doing i'm keeping eye contact with him but lowering myself down to get the sword again okay um, can i have a can i have a look roll please oh okay my look is also not particularly high but there we go. We'll see, <laughs> see what happens. Uh, no i do pass okay you did pass okay yeah uh, you, you you kind of reached out for the sword i'm just checking whether you kind of involuntary broke eye contact for a second uh but you you keep your you keep your uh, eyes on him as you reach for the sword and find it and, and pick it up what do you want to do now so i say quite quite threateningly and and normally this is not sort of a, a bit of his personality that comes out but he's obviously feeling very emotional about this he says move towards that door right now He kind of pauses for a second as he kind of he sort of deliberates and 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 he sort of quite quietly just sort of very well and he, he 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 walks with intent you know past you through the door into you know into the into the the hall lounge area wherever you wherever you've just come from what do you do I keep kind of I, I keep him in my sights basically so make sure he he goes out. Okay. Okay. He goes out. He turns a corner. So you're kind of forced to kind of follow him out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So as you as you turn the corner, you turn, see where he is. He's not there. You then spend the next five minutes checking the house. Mm -hmm. No sign. But um, what's interesting though is you eventually come back to the kitchen just to, you know, check the doors or the windows or whatever. It's just in case that which are all sealed, locked as, as normal. But, you know, that there are there is washing in the sink. Some of it has been done and there are muddy boot prints on the on the floor in front of the sink, which clearly weren't you or anyone in the family, um, which which is a bit that if you were a I guess hallucinating is the hard bit to explain because there are muddy boot prints on the floor. So, however, um, 
you hear no more of Edward that day or night and um, for the next uh, the next few days he seems it seems to have been a well not quite a one-off occurrence but you know the, the, the two occurrences don't seem to be repeated thankfully I guess from your opinion um, however um, there is there is a, a kind of a coda at the end to this in that um, come um, come a, you know a handful of days time it gets to the 10th of October and um, in the morning you get an unusual letter that's postmarked from Moscow and um, I will just quickly uh, give you the outline of what the letter says dear sir you do not know me, nor I you, but I badly need your help. My name is Nadezha Panova, um, sometimes called Nadezha Palliser. Uh, my husband, John Palliser, is British. He's working for the Soviet government as an engineer, and I think that his new role on the Belomor Canal uh, may put him in danger in several ways. John cannot write this, so I do. John and I see the loved dead. I, I think you do as well. A man here knows of this, and it was he that gave me your name and those of a few others. He knows we all see them. He says he will talk to us about this. I know no more than, than you of that, but I think... We have to work together, help each other with all of our heads. This is very severe to me. I know you can agree. It is a great request, I know, but you must come to me here. Please come on the ship that leaves London Bridge on October the 27th to join this tour. And when you reach Moscow, come to me at my address above as soon as you can. With great respect, Nazdezda Palisa, and including in the letter is uh, a a tour of of Russia, uh, uh, written in English um, and um, with full details, which I will make available to you as a player handout in due course. Um, and as I say, that this letter, the stamp is a Russian stamp. It is is marked uh, Moscow. Um, uh, and it arrives for you in the morning on, on the 10th of October in the morning. And other, <laughs> other than feeling slightly strange, um, you know, there's not a lot more, more to it than that. Um, so we'll just move on slightly to later in the day when there's a third post. And uh, you get another letter, which again is slightly odd, but perhaps not quite as odd as the first one which I'll give you a quick overview now. It's, um, it's from the Foreign Office in Downing Street, SW1. Right. Thursday, Thursday, 10th of October, 1929. Dear Mr. Elliot, uh, I'm writing to you on behalf of the Minister of State for Foreign Affairs to seek your attendance this evening at St. Ermin's Hotel, Caxton Street, Westminster. My apologies for the very short notice and also for no doubt the unexpected arrival of this request. I thank you in advance for your assistance in this manner, uh, uh, 
sorry, I thank you for your assistance as this matter is of some urgency and importance. If you could arrive by 7pm, please ask at the desk for my representative, Mr. Weston. Yours sincerely, Walford Selby, Private Secretary. And with that, we'll finish there. Okay. So there Thank you go. You. Thanks very much. And uh, join us again uh, for the other prologues coming immediately after this one. <laughs>